This is a Retail Insider Podcast. You're listening to The Weekly. Welcome to this week's episode of The Weekly by Retail Insider. I'm Lee Rivett, and I'm joined with the Editor-in-Chief of Retail Insider, Craig Patterson, to discuss this week's most read articles on retail-insider.com. So thanks for joining me, Craig. Hello, everyone. Now, just a quick word from our sponsor for the podcast. As one of the world's leading container ship lines, Mediterranean Shipping Company, or MSC, is promoting a sustainable business model that goes far beyond the business-as-usual approach and remains true to its roots and its family values. Visit the link in our show notes to read more about MSC's sustainability programs. And now, back to our podcast. Now, we're currently recording on June the 29th, 2021, and the popular article for the week is the retail profile of Robson Street in downtown Vancouver, which I wrote, so I'm excited to talk to you about this, Craig. But uh, yeah, for those that have never heard of Robson Street, which I hope isn't many of you, but a major east-west connector that goes through the downtown core, and it is heavily dense in retail. So of course, it goes all the way from like BC Place all the way to Stanley Park. So that's a long street. But the heavy concentration of retail that we covered in the profile as well as this podcast is between Broad Street and Butte and a little bit around it, of course. So if you have been to Vancouver, you likely have walked or driven around the actual Robson Street. So it's it's integral to the part of the downtown core. So from your perspective, Craig, what makes this gem sparkle from your personal perspective or even just from the history that we want to maybe kick off this with? It was great to see this tour of Robson Street happening because it's a street that many of us that have either lived or visited Vancouver has had a bit of a history with. I mean, anyone who visits Vancouver probably at some point is going to be walking down Robson Street unless they have a really quick visit. And uh, uh, it's it's for a few decades now, it's been kind of almost Main Street. I remember when I was in, in a boarding school and, you know, a lot of people were from Vancouver said, you know, what is Main Street in Vancouver? It's not really the street called Main Street. It's, it's Robson Street. And uh, I think a lot of people felt that way being a commercial street. So very busy. I remember in the, I think it was the 1990s when I was a teenager, it, the marketing was called an out of mall experience. Uh, they were, you know, speaking to the fact that they had a lot of malls, a lot of retailers you'd see in a shopping center, but uh, also, you know, there was an outdoor experience being a high street, you know, that's, that's uh, in downtown Vancouver. So uh, many interesting retailers over the years, it's had a mix of luxury stores, uh, not so luxurious stores, uh, food and beverage. It's uh, a place to be. Uh, it's a neighborhood that, you know, could certainly, I think, use some updates in terms of the streetscape, but overall, uh, still a popular shopping area uh, that I think is going to find its way as we come out of the pandemic. Well, let's hop into the actual article itself. And I think we broke it into a couple zones um, for the retail profile. And we started at the 900 block and then started going westward towards the 1100 block. But to be fair, there's a little bit of retail before the uh, 900 block that we should probably at least acknowledge. Like that would be like at the Granville Street intersection where you got like, you know, like Winners and Future Shop. And there's also like Nordstrom there as well. So why don't we kind of start there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for those that are familiar with the area, it's not part of the Robson Street BIA, but it's certainly on Robson Rob- Street. So we kind of look at the commercial area. The popular area kind of is starting now where the Nordstrom store is. It was a Sears location for years, for many years before that. It was Eaton's. Big department store renovated as part of CF Pacific Center. It's got a Nordstrom flagship store. Uh, we've seen changes over the years. Old Navy, I accidentally attended the opening of that store when I lived in Vancouver not long before I moved to 
before to Edmonton. <laughs> yeah, I just walked in and they're having an opening Oops. and they actually knew who I was, which was funny. Huh? And uh, <laughs> it, was, it must have been 2014, I guess it would have been. Huh? Uh, but, but uh, you know, Old Navy <laughs> opened, uh, uh, Sport Check opened a really interesting location where there was a Chapters bookstore that was a few years ago as yes. well. Um, so you got the Art Gallery Plaza, which um, has been pedestrianized for Robson Street. You actually can't, uh, you know, drive Walk, a car down there like you used to be able to. Yeah. yeah. And then, so then you come up to um, Hornby Street, uh, which again is around the art gallery. Interestingly enough, in the 90s, uh, there was actually some luxury stores on that street. There mm. was a Stante by Ver- Versace. There was um, Romeo Gili had a store there. And then around the corner, there was, uh, we get onto the 900 block, as we're about to talk about. Yes. Uh, which had the Salvador Ferragamo store. And actually, hanging back to the 700 block of Robson Street in the 1980s, there was a little Cartier store there. Um, no way. I know this because... I, I, I was doing some research a couple of years ago in some old phone directories, and I didn't realize there was a... Le Muste Cartier. It was on the street before it moved into the uh, Pacific Center Mall oh, nice. uh, in the 90s, I think it would have been. It was a teeny tiny thing. I got, to, I got to visit all these as a kid. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, and I think the Ferragamo store, right in the 900 block, it's like 3,000 square feet. So it's not small, but it's been there since the 80s, right? I think so. It's certainly been there since I started going to Robson Street. It got a renovation while I was living there um, in the, kind of the mid-2000s, I think. It would have been probably with a lease renewal or something like that. But yeah. a beautiful store. They got, you know, the new branding and, and it's it's been there for a long time. I mean, that part of Robson Street was a little bit more high-end. Not that it's low-end now, but there was certainly some very expensive stores on Robson Street. And then, you know, Vancouver's seen a lot of changes over the years. And Robson Street is really now, you know, a big popular street with big brands that would be mid-priced. You're not going to see a lot of the super expensive stores. They're a block north Mm. on Alberni Street. And similar to the Robson Street tour that we did, we're going to be doing uh, Alberni Street location. It's it's done. It's just a matter of now releasing it probably later this week or early next. But before we get there, (laughs) um, one of the main things, like during the 2011 Stanley Cup riots, I was at the corner of Hornby and Robson and seeing people throwing stuff through the poor Foot Locker locations windows. So that was like one of my post-traumatic stress like connections and to see what happened in the community after like boarding up all those uh, as well as signing like all the plywood uh, that just really brought the community together. So I'm I'm sad to see Foot Locker go, but also glad to see, let's say, the Peloton pick up yeah, the torch, yeah. right? Yeah. It's a beautiful looking Peloton store. Mm. And um, when I was much younger, not to make this into a historical tour, but that was Doofy <laughs> Books. That, that was a bookstore. <laughs> what? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Many years ago. Yeah, there was a bookstore on that corner and it was a popular one. Yeah, Doothy Books. So, uh, wow. Long gone. It's kind of sad. Well, I just have this mental image of like the geeks suddenly being crammed into their lockers at school by the footlocker, you know, athlete people <laughs> uh, as they go and open up and take over their store location. But hmm, all right. Oh, I know. And honestly, I don't remember what moved in after Doothy Books. I'd have to like, I don't even look. go back and look at the history. I just don't remember, <laughs> to be honest. There's there's a lot to remember when you're looking at all the cities across the country. I, st- I don't remember everything all the time. I'm pretty good at it, though. <laughs> well, I think right next to that, isn't there, was there a Tesla dealership that closed? That's right. Yeah, Tesla had, uh, yeah, saw it when it opened. Uh, um, but yeah, yeah, and that's going to become TWGT. Oh. So we'll be reporting on that as well. So it's relocating from uh, West Georgia Street. Oh, and that's my favorite like afternoon tea place. For me, I used to live next to the TWT on West Georgia there and took my mother to it and everything. So I'm wondering, especially since there's a smaller location at this old Tesla dealership location, if they're going to be doing away with that. Because I hope not, because it's like a staple. We don't know yet. We'll have to find out, but it will be much, much smaller. So I wonder... 
Well, it's yeah. it's a staple for TWG. Like, I mean, that's what brought me in to want to go buy their TWDT when I visited, like in Singapore. I went and, anyway. So hopefully, we'll, we'll have to wait and see, right? But yeah, just moving into like the next, I think across the street from the old dealership location, across the back alley, rather, is the Clearly Contacts or Clearly um, retail store. And I think you have a little bit of history on that. Yeah, that's right. Particularly because I lived in Vancouver at the time, but that was Clearly's first retail mm-hmm. location. It was an online retailer only that, you know, was selling contact lenses and glasses. I think it got into as well and uh, opened that location. And now it's got four. So actually, is it five store? I think they've just got five now because they opened two in Vancouver years ago. They opened two in Toronto. And I think they just recently opened in Calgary or they're going to open soon. I'm not actually sure what the progress mm-hmm. of that is. But yeah, no, it's open. If you remember our Chinook Center tour, it's open next to Nordstrom and a Casper store. Excellent. So that's their first store in years. Mm. So who knows? They might do more stores. Um, we probably should follow up with them mm. on that. Well, and besides that, now, of course, we got Victoria's Secret, which is what, 34,000 square feet? It's huge. Yeah, that used to be a music store that started off as, I think, Virgil. HMV. Well, again, yeah, when I was much younger, that was the public library. <laughs> mm. <laughs> the Vancouver Public Library. <laughs> uh, and then the, uh, you know, the library moved into that, uh, you know, crazy looking Roman Coliseum type of thing over more towards mm. <laughs> PC Place mm-hmm. Stadium and... Again, that was a long time ago. I remember the design competition when I was much younger. And then uh, it became, uh, was it Virgin Records, then HMV, and then eventually it became uh, Victoria's Secret. So if Victoria's Secret leaves, Wait. we'll see what the next tenant will be. I'm predicting possibly Uniqlo, but who knows? I just I say that quite a bit. <laughs> but it's a guess. I don't have any insider information to those listening. Well, especially since you're saying the next one. So uh, Victoria's Secret is turfing that location? We don't, we don't know yet, but uh, Victoria's Secret's closing a lot of stores. So nothing, I think, is off the table at this point. The, 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 company, the, the company's kind of rebranding. They're getting away from the, you know, gorgeous supermodels wearing wings to women of power. So who knows how the public will receive the brand? But regardless, I'm sure it's a really expensive lease and it's an absolutely gigantic space. Uh, you know, that most prominent corner in the city almost in terms of retail. So... Who knows uh, what could be next, but uh, maybe they'll stick around for a while. And we do have Oli Quinn and Mac Cosmetics and, of course, Lululemon on the other side of the street, which we totally ignored. Is there any there that you wanted to point out? Or Yeah, yeah. Well, Lululemon opened that store. It was interesting looking inside. I don't know if I liked all of it in terms of the lighting and everything, but they recently, um, mm. or I don't know, actually, Lee, you'd be able to tell me this. They were expanding into the old Uggs space mm. next door. Um well, I know that they have... It's this, open. No, I'm, I'm not quite sure. Okay. I just know that uh, the space that was UGG is now, um, just like has the stickers over it. And, I, and if you're going to be like taking over space and opening there, you should have like big wide open windows, promotions, or being able to at least see in. And that whole area is just like stickered over so you can't see in it. So we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. But it looks like it's um, been themed like Lululemon. So it looks like they've they've got the space. We just don't know what they're going to do with it yet. Yeah, well, either that or they're doing cannabis. No, what? I'm joking. But oh. <laughs> nah. <laughs> they're going to do cannabis. But but no, um, what's happening, readers may not be aware of this, or listeners, I guess, in this case, uh, um, that, you know, Lululemon is looking at doing some bigger stores. They may integrate their mirror concept that they acquired. It's a, it's a fitness concept. Uh, they may expand menswear as well into that store. So I'm not sure what they're looking at doing, but I do know that Lululemon is actively looking or may have actually leased on Bloor Street in Toronto, a very large location, and they would integrate all of that into that store. And I would assume, given that Lululemon is Vancouver-based, that you know, they look at doing something very substantial in Vancouver as well. It's mm. probably guaranteed. Well, and after we kind of went through the 900 block of Robson Street, we crossed the street uh, f- across Burrard to the 1000 block, which is 
a highly dense, busy retail section. And in the actual article, we had to break it into at least three sections because it's so busy and dense. And we've reported on so much in there. So to start off, the intersection of Burrard Street, like across the street from Lululemon, is La Citan. Across the street from Victoria's Secret is Roots. So let's start there because mm-hmm. then beyond that, of course, is even more retail. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Loxitan corner is really interesting. I actually was doing some research a couple of days ago for uh, maybe another article, I think it was. But what I what I actually found was um, in 1998, that building had sold. It was the highest sale per square foot of any commercial building in Canadian history at the time. It was $1,800 a square foot wow. for a building that's 4,300 square feet. So Holy crap. Quite a, quite a bit of money. Oh. Yeah. And uh, um, so then that was for the BB store that had opened there. Very, very buzzy opening, a lot of excitement. Uh, but, you know, the, the brand kind of died. But, uh, you know, so again, they demise the space in Loxitans on one side and it was, it's Echo Shoes on the other? Yes. And I think there's um, uh, uh, Swarovski squished between. Uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, so, but you know, Loxitans certainly occupies the corner there. And then Roots across the street, that store, I don't know how long that store has been there. I think it was actually One Plus One Lingerie many, many years ago. And I can't believe I just remembered that. Which is next to VN Rose. Yeah, it? well, that didn't <laughs> exist back then. That was, again, we're talking yeah. we're talking the 90s. We're yeah. talking like early 90s. But uh, yeah, I think that was One Plus One. But now it's it's Roots. And uh, they did renovate that store. I got to interview uh, Mike Budman. He was more involved with the company uh, back then in 2014 when they renovated it. Because Roots was really in a big expansion phase in terms of what they were doing for store renovations. So uh, Robson Street was uh, their one of their top two stores. It might have been the top one, actually. Mm. Well, and right around the corner, by the way, on Burrard is Arteryx, which we also had a previous article that we interviewed the CEO with that was very well read. Do we want to touch upon Arteryx at all? Yeah, what a weird looking store. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's really cool, actually. The way it's set up, it's kind of got these funny angles to it. And uh, uh, yeah, it, it's interesting looking. And, and that brand is really expanding under its uh, you know in, investor partnership that it's got. So I think we'll be seeing some more Arcteric stores, and I think we'll be seeing a, a new concept store coming out in Canada that uh, hasn't been announced yet, but the stores will be smaller, um, if that's still going to happen. I hear a lot of stuff, yeah. and sometimes it hopefully happens, and sometimes it doesn't. Mm. Well, and at the end of the day, like that's just the start of the 1000 block for Robson Street. So can you just walk us through the rest of that? Because again, very well reported. You're very familiar with it, especially with everything that you've written for Robson Street. So yeah, like take us through the rest of um, of the 1,000 blocks since we just talked about the the beginning corner. Yeah, yeah. I'll just do a quick little rundown. We, we've seen some changes to the 1,000 block of Robson Street. We saw costs, uh, you know, H&M sort of casual brand move in into a large location. Uh, Brown Shoes opened years ago. It was, I think it was 2012 or no, it was 2013, yeah, I think it was, because um, someone from Brown's had reached out and told me, funny enough. Foot Locker recently opened this new flagship concept, uh, um, community power store, I think is yep. what it's called, um, on Robson Street. I think it's 1067 Robson Street. And what's interesting there with that location, so years ago, uh, Uniqlo had leased the building. Like the plan was to build a three-floor Uniqlo store and the deal fell through. I don't know what happened there, but then eventually Aritzia actually took the space. So I think they were looking at doing an Aritzia mm. flagship store there, but for some reason Aritzia didn't want it so it was for sublease for quite a while. For $225 a square foot, it was way higher than the other retail spaces around it. But um, now it's a footlocker. So obviously we know who the tenant is and uh, uh, it's there and, and it, it looks like a really neat store. I mean, I haven't been in it because I've been, been to Vancouver since the pandemic uh, started. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, I think it's a good tenant for the street. 
Uh, Sephora, which when it opened had uh, dancing showgirls out front. It looked pretty yes. entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Big, yeah, November of 2014. Uh, Indigo Books and Music uh, took over Forever, uh, a former Forever 21 <laughs> store, uh, opened a really big location. One thing that's really interesting, I think, is where Indigo is, again, jumping back into history. That used to be a uh, shopping center. It was oh. an outdoor shopping center with a bunch of stores called the Robson Galleria. And, uh, you know, it's kind of long gone. They've, they've converted it to these, uh, you know, row of stores. But uh, for anyone that remembers, I think it was about 1984, 85 that this shopping center opened. It might have even been a bit before. I'd have to go back and check the research. But uh, kind of interesting that, you know, that, that was the history. And then I think across the street was a Boys Co., which, of course, that brand is going bye-bye. I got to attend the um, grand, the grand reopening of that store after renovation, Boys Co. Uh, a few years later, it uh, shut down in terms of uh, the lease was bought out for uh, OVO or October's very own brand uh, uh, owned, or at least I think it's owned by Drake, or at least he has an ownership stake in it. I think it's a partnership, but uh, that store opened there. There's huge lineups the day that it opened and, uh, uh, you know, good for that. Uh, you know, and other stores on the street, Zara, which has a separate men's and women's store. I think they're still separated. Uh, you know, Kiehl's is there. Uh, Club Monaco has been on the street for quite a while. Miniso, which is for Sublease, so I don't think it's going to be around for much longer. And a few other stores like Aldo Shoes, you know, some of the smaller, you know, national type of retailers are, are yeah. on that block as well. Well, and coming to the end of the 1000 block is an intersection of Thurlow and Robson, which is also very important, very prominent. Um, but it's, of course, before we move on to the 1100 block, which has another chock full of roster of of, of retailers too. But yeah, let's talk about that intersection because that's really, well, important as well. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. That corner is iconic. They used to have two Starbucks locations. People used to make jokes yeah. about that. And uh, one of them eventually closed <laughs> and that's where the Aritzia store is, right? Aritzia had expanded into that location. I think there's still a Red Robin restaurant upstairs, but... Uh, Up on the top. Yeah, yeah. And Camper Shoe has, Shoes has another location uh, right at that corner. I remember years ago, that was Pastel's Pantry. A restaurant was on that corner, but again, that was eons wow. ago, 80s, 90s. Yeah, uh, camper shoes. They're kind of these funky, interesting shoes from uh, Spain, and uh, it. I don't know if it's the only store in Canada for camper, or maybe there's one in Montreal. I'm not sure, but there, there aren't many of them, so it's it's pretty unique. Uh, Banana Republic's on the corner. That store is gigantic. Banana Republic used to build these really big stores, like the one in Seattle is absolutely massive, and San Francisco is much bigger. Uh, but you know, big three level Banana Republic store on that corner, and I wonder if it'll stay. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But you know, Sage Natural Wellness is on the street there. Their store, Blue Ruby's been there for a long time. It's a jewelry mm -hmm. store, mm -hmm. um, and a few others that I'm not as familiar with. Well, and just in the same building as um, uh, Aritzia on the corner, just going down uh, Thurlow is the former RYU store, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the former RYU location. They closed a bunch of stores. Uh, the company went into a restructuring. Uh, and that has been leased already. We're not sure to who yet. Yeah. Well, and we're currently on the 1100 block. And it's interesting because when you look at it, only about maybe two thirds or half of it is highly developed or filled with retail. And there's a lot of for lease towards the end of, of the block towards like, uh, I think it's London Drugs. But um, can you give us a little bit of history of, or like context of this block of 1100 block versus the previous block, the 1000 block that just seems to be much more vibrant? Yeah, the 1100 block of Robson Street is interesting because at least as of late, it hasn't been, say, as busy or as popular as, well, for the most part, compared to, say, the 1000 block of Robson Street. Um, but I think the 1100 block is coming into its own, uh, you know, Muji opened, uh, at the time it was the largest store for Muji outside of Asia. Um, 
uh, a couple of years ago, one in Toronto expanded and became larger than that one, but, uh, you know, still really large store. And funny enough, where the Muji is, uh, again, years ago, that was another mini shopping center. This one was enclosed called the Robson Fashion Park. And uh, oh. it had a, so the Muji has a big skylight right up the middle. Yes. And that was actually the skylight for the shopping center. And so Polo Ralph Lauren mm. had a big store at the end and they had other stores like Alfred Sung and Laurel and Pegabo Shoes. Uh, a lot of these brands don't exist anymore, at least for fashion. But um, it's got an interesting history there. But, you know, Muji's there. And then in the same complex, I think just up the way is uh, La Durée which, uh, you know, French macarons, they do even, uh, you know, meal service there. Lovely place. We've been there actually and sat down and had a wonderful meal with the owner. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. And uh, it's a, it's a lovely space. Uh, When it opened, it had lineups for days or even weeks. (laughs) I think it was. Uh, And that, that helped revive the street. You know, looking at some of the other tenants, we reported on Eddie Bauer. I mean, that's not a groundbreaking retailer at this point, but it was interesting to have seen that it was opening. It replaced French Connection, which uh, is long gone. Um, yeah. you know, Raining Champ, which actually Aritzia recently acquired a stake of. I think they're going to be acquiring the whole thing uh, in 2026. Um, it has a store, so it's on oh. the same block as Aritzia. I think they're keeping the brand separate, yeah. but yeah, yeah. but who knows? Yeah, and then, you know, eyewear retailer Bailey Nelson is there and... Uh, uh, interestingly too, is across from La Durée is Paul. Uh, so that's like kind of a bakery concept. It's actually owned by the Holder Group, which is the same group that owns La Durée. And um, mm-hmm. I don't think La Durée was aware that Paul was coming, but, uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, so Paul is now open. People seem to like it. And uh, uh, the space was formerly a uh, Joe Fresh store. I think they specialize in kids wear. I'm just trying to remember uh, having been there myself. It yes. wasn't nearly as good as yep. the one on Granville Street, which had all the adult now. stuff that I was wearing. And yep, yep. I guess it was RW and Co. in years past. Yeah, which I, I don't remember. Or actually, I, oh, you know what? I totally do remember that now. Yes, I remember the floors. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I do remember. That was earlier in my days living in Vancouver. But uh, so it's good to see. I mean, food and beverage is good for a street. It brings people in and gets them eating. It gets yeah. them staying there longer because they're not starving or thirsty. And uh, it, it is all good stuff for the streets. So, and I think more food and beverage is coming in. Now, is there anything going on for the last half of like the 1100 block, like butting up to Butte? Because other than the, you know, London drugs there, it just seems rather desolate with all the uh, like four lease signs that are in the windows. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's going to be some big changes coming to the 1100 block. I'm not a Robson Street. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what the timeline is going to be because, you know, the pandemic has changed things here and there. Pushed. But before, right before the pandemic, uh, this, the Plenty, which is a Vancouver-based fashion retailer, was actually looking, I think they were going to demolish the building and build like a multi-level flagship store that was going to have this kind of pointed roof and was multicolor. I could try to find yeah. a rendering. This is a few years ago I saw this and uh, it, look, it looked really interesting. It never made the press. Like I, we might be the first to be talking about this publicly and I don't know where that's going to go because, you know, some retailers have been hammered with the pandemic and I'm not sure about plenty specifically, but you know, some interesting retailers you talked, we mentioned, you know, Mountain Warehouse is there, Omumu, which is a Vancouver-based uh, Japanese-themed retailer that sells lots of Japanese stuff. It was actually selling a lot of Daiso products until recently because now mm. Daiso has come into Daiso's Canada. but. Here. Well, you'll see, like you mentioned, is on the 1100 block towards uh, Butte Street. Uh, there seems to be a lot of release signs. It seems a bit quieter. But my understanding is there are going to be some redevelopments in that section of the street. Again, I don't have all the details, but um, I do think there's going to be some demolitions and some new tenants and some new things coming to that block. So it's going to be exciting. But again, I don't have all the details yet. But there's, you know, if any brokers are listening to this in Vancouver, you probably know more than I do about this at this point, at least some of you. And I know some of you do. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> you're yeah. working on it right now. <laughs> when I think as we cross the street to across Butte, and then we come across the 1200 block of Robson, which isn't as dense from a retailer perspective. There's a lot of restaurants, family run um, shops and stuff like that, that are more like sushi and that kind of stuff. But we should point out that CB2, uh, which is Crate and Barrel's sister um, company, is also on this block. So is there anything you wanted to kind of point out about that? Craig, oh, before great. We yeah, yeah. I got a couple yeah. of furniture items there at the CB2. And the 1200 block, like you said, it's not nearly as, you know, popular or as busy um, compared to the, you know, 9, 10, and 1100 blocks of Robson Street. Yeah, lots of food and beverage. It, it's sort of where the neighborhood transitions to being... You know, there's a lot of Korean, yeah, kind of a neighborhood for for the West End. Uh, you know, a lot of great restaurants as you go down the hill towards Stanley Park. Um, lots of them are Korean. Uh, discovered Balgogi there for the first time. You know, delicious food. I forget the name of the restaurant, but I know how to get there and walk there. And, you know, you've got a, a little Whole Foods grocery store down there. And, you know, it, it sort of becomes a neighborhood area, which is great. I mean, a great little, you know, fruit markets. You can buy things and it's wonderful. But you're not getting those really big brands that you would get, uh, you know, on, on the first set of blocks that we just talked about, which are really the popular uh, blocks of Robson Street that are, you know, for the more of the mainstream retail, I guess you'd say. And the leases are much higher there too. Well, and I think that is really the review we wanted to do of Robson Street. So thanks again, Craig, for coming through and looking at the article that I wrote and uh, just kind of bringing a little bit more context to the, all the different components that we added for our readers. So thank you so much for that. Excellent. Yeah. And uh, well, I'll chat with you next week. Yes. Thank you so much, everyone. And if you're in Vancouver, be sure to visit Robson Street and support some of the retailers there because uh, every retailer needs it right now. Yeah, And we also just published an Alberni Street uh, mall tour this week. So we'll likely be doing a podcast commentary on it next week. So I'm excited and see you next week. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Bye for now. 